the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Today's guests are Truett Smith and Mark Katz. Both are PAs in North Carolina, and both are involved with the North Carolina Academy of PAs, which is also known as the NCAPA. Both are prior presidents of the NCAPA and have various uh, roles associated with it. I'd like to welcome Truett and Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. This is an orthopedic podcast, but we cover a wide variety of things, and it's not always just clinical. A lot of it is, you know, being a PA in practice. So this is definitely right in line with what we're trying to accomplish. And hopefully you can share with our listeners, what is the purpose of the NCAPA and why should PAs belong to their state academy if they're from out of state? The North Carolina Academy is our state's professional academy that represents 7,000 PAs in North Carolina. And we offer a lot to the PAs of the state. We do offer a uh, both a summer and a winter CME conference. The NCAPA also monitors legislation, which could affect PAs of the state and creates uh, potential new legislation to help make PA practice in North Carolina even better than it already is. Yeah, I think it's three big things that we really deal with. Number one, as Truett already said, is advocacy. CME. And professional development is another one. We have a career center where you can look for jobs, interact with others. We have a student retreat yearly where we bring students from all the different programs across North Carolina and educate them on various topics. Just as an ancillary to that, we also do a challenge bowl in North Carolina, just like they do at the AAPA uh, with different programs. But these obviously are all North Carolina programs. You can grow professionally by uh, participating on different committees, on our board of directors, obviously, as being an officer also. I mean, I think that the big thing that we push is we are the voice of the PAs in North Carolina. Absolutely. And also a lot of firsts from a state academy, and those are listed on the, the website. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about some firsts for the NCAPA first for a state academy? I don't know if everybody or anybody realizes, but AAPA was originally housed in North Carolina. Their articles of incorporation are all in North Carolina. We are the birthplace of the profession, being at Duke University, but also we were the birthplace of the American Academy of PAs. We're the first state academy that has a medical society that has a PA section in it. And I think that goes along with how we look at ourselves as partnering with physicians. And, you know, that's throughout the years. We were the first state academy within the medical society to have a member to be in their House of Delegates. We were the first state academy that within the medical society, we had a PA who served on the medical society foundation board and was president of their foundation board. So, again, I think that this shows all the first of how we partner with our physicians within the state. We were the first state academy to have a PA serve as uh, president of the medical board of directors. Now, changing gears and getting away from the medical society, we were also the first state academy to develop a recertification conference, which goes along with our educational vision. 
we were the first state academy to own and build our own building that's dedicated to the PA profession. That building, you know, is named for Dr. Stead, the Eugene Stead Center for Physician Assistants. We were also the first PA to be a president of their medical board, or we continue to have a PA who serves on our medical board. And um, there was a physician assistant who was president of that for a year. And again, that was first across the country. We also have a unique situation in North Carolina where we have what's called the Medical Board Review Panel, where um, there are different organizations who send representatives and they interview people for the medical board. I think that is the only um, state that has this, but we have a PA also who serves as chair of that review panel. So, I mean, we have a lot of firsts going on within our state. Oh, yeah, a lot of accomplishments. Of course, I'm biased, but I think it's awesome that the PAs are involved at the levels that they are. You guys have talked about continuing education a little bit. I wanted to talk about that. I'm intimately familiar with CME conferences and such with our organization. I want to talk about what the NCAPA does for their CME meetings. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but traditionally it's geared toward medical topics. And I'm just curious, what kinds of CME does the NCAPA offer? Is there any orthopedic content? I gravitate toward orthopedic topics. I know Katie Martinelli very well. And I also would like to talk a little bit about the refresher content. So we do offer two large conferences every year. So we have a summer conference, which uh, definitely is, is medical-based. It's a little more laid back. We do offer multiple workshops at that conference. And then we also offer a winter conference, which is a little bit more geared off of either recertification or initial certification. And we do use the Panry blueprint to create content for that conference. And then what many people may not know is that we have an online platform that we've been using, I believe, five years now, around about five years offering incredible topics that just about anything you you may be looking for, content in, in most any specialty. And then also there are some professional leadership topics as well. And also when you talk about orthopedic PAs, our summer conference, we have workshops. And I can't remember the years that we haven't done it except the year that we had COVID and we weren't in person. But we have a joint injection workshop and we have a suturing workshop, which you know, is obviously geared towards the general PA, but also definitely geared towards um, specifically orthopedic uh, PAs. Also, you mentioned Katie. Katie still comes down and talks at our um, summer conference every year. We still claim Katie as one of ours in North Carolina, and she frequently does at least two lectures a year um, within our summer conference on orthopedic topics. Great stuff. Great stuff, guys. Well, if you're in need of some CME, there's the online content and the meetings for North Carolina folks. So take a look at it. And also online content, I guess non-members could access this content as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay, good, good. So everybody, I want you to check out the ncapa.org and look at their offerings. There's a lot of good stuff there. Changing gears a little bit. And this was a big part I, I wanted to talk about with you guys. Legislative advocacy. I know that's a big part of what state academies do. I'd like to talk a little bit about what does the NCAPA do for PAs as far as the advocacy? And are there other organizations that the NCAPA affiliates with to better the practice of PAs? 
And so Mark is the chair of the Government Affairs Committee, so I'm going to let him take it away. You asked if we partner with other organizations. We've never done that. To be honest with you, though, we've never had anything that's come up that we've needed to. The closest thing I could think for that is we have regional chapters throughout the state. And so certainly, you know, we partner with our regional chapters for advocacy. One of the things we're really, really proud of is we now have our own lobbyists. And not only do we have our own lobbyists, but when she goes into different offices, she is known as the NCAPA lobbyist. I mean, obviously, we deal with a firm that they also lobby for other people. I've been doing advocacy for a long, long, long time, and we've changed our lobbyists. I think it was probably about three, four, five years ago. And I am really so proud to say that, you know, this lady can walk in and she is identified with us and the legislators and their assistants know that she's there to talk on our behalf. I think the other thing that's become really phenomenal across the state is that our executive director is extremely well known now throughout the state. So when you're talking about state organizations, when you're talking about the Department of Health and Human Services, things like that, you can mention her name, Emily Adams. And they know who she is. And again, they know that she speaks for us. Right now, obviously, we have a big push towards our bill, which I'll let Truett talk a little bit more about. But we look on all aspects in terms of legislative reimbursement activities that go on throughout the state. And we advocate for PAs in those areas. When you talk to me about what is the best reason to join a state academy, that's the best reason for me to join one. Obviously, I'm biased, but I mean, if you have a problem and you have a question, you can just call our office and we can get you an answer. I mean, if we don't know the answer, we can find out the answer. And there is nobody else from the state who can do that. Very well said. Very well said. I think you touched on this, but I want to talk a little bit more about it. And I do want to talk about the bill in North Carolina, but I want to talk about one more thing first. Does North Carolina have a political action committee, a PAC? I know you say we have a lobbyist. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive, but, you know, I'm just curious. Do we have one? And the other part of that is, why should I donate to that? And I'm sure you hear that question probably daily. Why do I donate to a PAC? Unfortunately, our legislative process, um, you need a PAC to get things going. A political action committee's whole purpose is to influence policy. And whether you agree that that's the right way things should be done or not the right way things should be done, unfortunately, that is the way how things are done. And so you are essentially getting people who are of your like mind to help push your ways. So yes, we do have a, a political action committee We had one years ago, it sort of floundered a little bit and it was resurrected about three, four years ago. And I could say it's really been successful. It is limited to a $5,400 per person contribution. It does not have to be a PA that contributes to our PAC, but we know, unfortunately, that the money does talk. And we also know that the representatives who are there need, so to speak, capital to be able to stay in government. And so we do use that and we have used that to help those people who are of our like mind and who are helping push um, our agenda. And the best way to contribute is to just go to the NCAPA website and you'll see Political Action Committee and there's just a couple of links. 
You can donate one time, have um, monthly contributions taken out, but you know it certainly is a great way uh, for PAs to help us throughout the state to get our message across. Good deal. That that's what I was going to mention. I just want to make sure that our listeners know how to donate to a PAC and how to access it. Truett Smith and Mark Katz, both representatives from the NCAPA. Again, ncapa.org. Please check out the website for information. And I appreciate your time and coming on the Ortho PAC. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for joining the Ortho PAC podcast. Please visit paos.org where members can purchase virtual CME content. This is accessed by clicking on the CME tab on the title bar and following the Learning Center. For non-members, please visit the aapa.org Learning Central for the PAOS virtual content.